Hey everyone, welcome back to This is Steph Sober, the podcast. I'm your host, Steph, an ex-binge drinker who is now a sober lifestyle blogger, as well as a wife and a mother. Do I have a treat for you? In this episode, I chat with Sober James. James, who once drank up to 300 units of alcohol per week, overcame his addiction through a strong mindset. His story is one of hitting rock bottom and then climbing to the top of the mountain, and he did it all through his own perseverance. At three years sober, this man is living proof that with a positive mindset, we can be recovered and that we don't have to live in a state of recovery for the rest of our lives. He is taking his positive mindset and using it to help others, and I am so excited to watch that part of his story unfold. Get ready to be blown away by this story. This is James Sober. Good. Thank you for having me. Oh, thank you for coming on. I really look forward to this. I feel like we scheduled this years ago. It's gone by so slow. (laughs) Well, I thought I was going to, because I've got generalized anxiety disorder. I thought I was going to be super anxious and I'm not. So. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. As a anxious person, I'm happy to hear. Actually, I got anxiety really bad. People talk about it a lot during drinking, I'm seeing, or addiction. Mine kicked in mainly after. I had some before. But I gave up, and then it was like, oh, damn. Really? This is, this is not a great thing. Like, this is my reward for stopping being an addict. But um, I've got, with a, with a positive mindset and a lot of work, I've really got out under control. Now it's more if it's trying to tell me something. Um, I'll get really bad anxiety. I'm trying to figure out what, what it's like my gut. It's like, okay, what do I need to sort out? Um, but yeah, it's a lot better than it was. It was, and there was me for years. Was one of these terrible people going anxiety? Really? It's like in New Zealand. I don't know if they say in America, but it's like cup of concrete. Anyone? Yeah, you know I mean, like really flippant. Not yeah, right. I know, right. Really flippant. Like yeah, okay, hard enough. And then you get it really badly and have to do a lot of apologizing. Yeah, it's not. It's not fun, and it's as someone who has it, it's really hard to explain how it feels. And a lot Mm. of times I just would suffer in silence. I mean, I would be having an anxiety or panic attack and I wouldn't tell anyone around me what was going on. I'm just like trying to just like breathe and sort through it, which I feel like makes it even worse. Cause I think if you can just like call it out. Yeah. Internalizing is a big thing, right? Mm-hmm. And you can hide it well. I mean, I could actually hide my alcoholism quite well, mm-hmm. but uh, to the point of where I was paralytically drunk. Um, but a lot of people would have seen me and just gone, oh, he's bubbly. Um, whereas there's probably half a bottle of vodka deep at that point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> by the time I got to a bottle and a half, um, it was probably quite obvious that I couldn't talk. Yeah. Um, looking yeah. back just like oh my god really <laughs> so good yeah i uh i was right there with you i was i i feel like i was a lot of fun but for the expense of everyone else if that makes sense um, yeah I, I would agree on my 
Yes. You know, I did it a lot to just feel like I was a part of something and it wasn't in alignment with who I truly was. Mm. Um, so I think that's why I had to drink so much, um, to kind of morph myself into. I think I was a lot of fun. I went to England for a year. I was actually working in mental health. So my addiction kind of went in waves. It was always there, but I had a really good year prior going to England for some medical examinations on really short notice. It was like three days um, that I that I flew out to the UK. And I was working in mental health. It was the best I had been during my addiction. Um, and I loved my job as a community mental health manager looking after mental health patients in the community, hence the community that, duh. Um, sorry, over-explaining. But I was doing quite well, and I was drinking a bit in the evenings just to keep myself, like, stable. But then I went to England, and within, oh, I was living with my parents. You should never move back to your parents when you're 44, I think, at the time. And um, it was difficult for all of us. And quite quickly, I fell back into the whole situation was, was difficult, and I fell back into drinking and I was smoking a shed load of weed. Um, I'd always been a weed smoker, but everything went exponentially through the roof. Um, and I ended up getting kicked out of the country by my parents again, which was completely warranted. And they were like, three days' time, here's your plane ticket, you're off to buy. Um, yeah, it was, it was terrible. And I feel for them greatly um, what they went through. With my, with my addiction spiraling, you know, and stupid things happening. Um, so I came back to New Zealand and that's when it just went off the chart. That's when that fun James had completely disappeared and it was my body hurt, my mind was bent, um, on very suicidal, like, all of the time. Um, and I ended up being made homeless and it was at that stage, I can't remember what the, what the culmination was, but I ended up in an ambulance going to hospital mm. on the 23rd of September 19. And that was it. That was the day. Um, I had an almost out-of-body experience. I had that feeling I was looking down on myself and given a choice. Now, I have no religious belief whatsoever, but if I was to, to, to say I had an almost religious experience, it was then. And it was... a. Uh, this is you now. Are you going to live or are you going to die? There's your option. You will die soon. <clears throat> Excuse me, if you don't sort your shit out. And, well, yeah, here I am. I chose to live. So I detoxed in hospital. Um, and then I went into um, temporary accommodation. And the rest is kind of history. Is a very, I would call that a very spiritual yeah, that's the best one, spiritual. I, yeah. I, I'm not very really, I was raised Catholic, but I, as I got older and could, you know, form my own mind and beliefs, <laughs> I got away from it. Oh, um, I'm <laughs> yeah, whole nother, that could be a whole nother podcast, but um, <laughs> <We'll do that. laughs> <laughs> I am definitely spiritual. I definitely feel there is a, there is a higher power of, of some sort that mm -hmm. um, if we are open to listening. And sometimes if we're not open to listening, I mean, in your situation right there, like you had reached a point where this higher power within you was like, 
shit or get off the pot jeans. Like, this is it. Like you have got yeah. to make a decision. And I it just, was. it was it. It was, if the alcohol hadn't got me and the drugs, suicide would have, because I was done mentally, physically, I was done. My body hurt. All of me hurt. Emotionally, I hurt. I was like, I can't do this anymore, literally. But I keep feeding myself this poison. When the ambulance arrived at 11 a.m., I was three and a half bottles of wine deep um, and had had probably about 10 bombs of weed. And that was 11 in the morning. I would be going till 6, 7 at night before I passed out. So you can only imagine. Who called the ambulance? Were you with people when this happened? I don't remember. Oh, wow. I literally don't remember. I remember the ambulance were really nice. Mm. But I don't remember hospital at all. I don't remember any of hospital or the detox period. Because if I detoxed, and this is a big thing I see on Instagram, people like always like, just stop, stop now, stop tomorrow. And that worries me because if you're drinking a certain amount, whatever that is, or you're a really heavy drinker, then you could die through just stopping. I mm-hmm. mean, it really is serious. You need to get medical help. And I say all the time, talk to your medical provider, talk to your GP, whoever that is. Ask them, what I'm drinking now, will that have a consequence if I stop tomorrow? Or should I go into a unit or detox at home under supervision? Because the last thing you want to do is do the right thing, inverted commas, and end up really ill and in hospital. Because you've done the right the right thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, the amount I was drinking. So I was drinking between 230 and 300 standard drinks a week-ish. And you're supposed to drink no more than 10 right. for a man. Unbelievable. Do the math. Yeah, that's a lot. I, mean, I, I was proud at the time that I could drink so much. Right. Like, Weren't we all? When people would say, I'd drink you under the table, I'd say, let's go for it. Come on. Bitch, please. Are you serious? Like, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Um, Challenge accepted. Let's do this. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't a pub drinker. I did like going to the pub occasionally. I, again, in the end, I was really sad. I ended up on my own drinking, not even with other people. Um, I was a solitary drinker, which is another sign. He really, you know, it was just. Yeah, and I remember I, I would be retching trying to get because I drank neat vodka and then I would drink the chaser afterwards. So I'd have the neat vodka and then squeeze the coke. I didn't like them together, okay. but I'd be gagging because I'm trying to get trying to I know right. I'm trying to chug down so much vodka, it, like, <clears throat> and then chug some more, and then yeah, and then have some bombs and a spliff. And I smoke really heavily. So I've given up tobacco as well. I'm still on the vape. Yeah. Um, but I gave up smoking six months after I stopped cannabis and alcohol. And I do have the odd puff of cannabis, I'll be honest. Like if I go to a party, which is very rare, because I'm just so socially inept now, <laughs> um, somebody will be like, oh, do you want to you know, go on the bottom? And you're like, yeah, 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 sweet. And then I'll like have a puff and I'm like, oh, no, I'm really paranoid. Why the fuck did I do that? <laughs> Where did I ever see that this was fun? And it was at the time, but no, it's just like, and then it, you'll have a great conversation afterwards. But I don't buy it and I don't do it regularly. But I haven't fallen back. People are like, how come you can do that and not fall back into addiction? 
And this is not a playbook, people. This is not what you should do. But my mindset is so strong, and what I have now is so good, I wouldn't change that for the world. Mm-hmm. So I don't see a problem. I mean, I don't walk away and go, oh, my God, I need to go and get me a 50 bag of weed. No, not at all. I walk away and go, okay, that was cool after the paranoia. Um, And I didn't get drunk and I was able to stay at the party, um, which I wouldn't normally do because I don't like drunks. Uh, How how, um, how ironic is that? (laughs) I really don't like drunks. So normally I'll just like I'll be out the door at six o'clock. So I might stay a bit later, but I just do not leave thinking, uh, okay, I need to carry on with this. Like quite the opposite. Yeah. So it's a rarity, but yeah, I don't have a don't have an issue with that. But I don't well, like drugs. I can't. And I th- drugs yeah, people. and I think like what you said though, like it's the mi- your mindset, right? Like you, you're three years sober, right? Three years and two months ish. I don't yeah stuff, but yeah. I mean, by now your confidence has oh. got to be, cause I know I'm 10 months sober and my, my confidence is way better than it was at the beginning. Like I yeah. can be around things and I can do certain things that like the first few months of my sobriety, I just avoided. And I think it does come from mindset, changing the way you talk to yourself, the way you, you Positive know, framing. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. You're so onto it with that. We talked about the recovered thing. We'll come onto that. But um, you're right. The way that you talk to yourself is so important. And again, I spend hours a day on Instagram telling people to to reframe their sentences. Oh, I think I might be able to rather than I can. Or I'm not sure. Yes, you can. And if you're saying something that's slightly negative, change it around. And it sounds like it sounds really simple, but it is that's the beginning of a strong mindset because the way you write is the way you're thinking. So if you're changing your thought pattern, I can, I will, I've got this. It's so much better than I'm not sure. And, you know, and that's where I think people as well start talking themselves into things. I've seen it quite a lot recently with people where they start in that downward spiral of, I don't think I can, it gets worse. And then next minute relapse or lapse. Um, so important the way we talk to ourselves. It and really you've done is. amazingly. I've loved following your story. I've gone back through your Insta feed so far. Your podcasts you. are amazing. Thank you. Um, really enjoy it. And to be honest, it's I'm honored. Thank you. Oh no, I'm honored to have you on because I, you know, following you and all the things you post about mindset, I just that's where I'm at. I connect with that so much. I truly, truly believe that you know, like you said, if you tell yourself you can't do something, then you're not, you're not going to do it. You believe everything you tell yourself. Yeah. And well, this is all, this was all learned post drinking. So, and, and weed, etc. cetera. And there yeah. was other drugs as well in the, in the spiral of the, the doom spiral. <laughs> um, and I felt so dreadful and lost and, and didn't, I mean, just uh, that, that, transition period after stopping wasn't happy happy it was like i didn't even know who i was it was like oh my god this is terrible i wasn't going to go out to drinking and stuff but i didn't i was like is this my life now so i started reading i've never been a reader i'm very dyslexic um i've heard the odd book over the years and i just picked up ant middleton the first thing i started with ant middleton do you know who ant middleton is Mm -mm. 
Okay, so he's a British ex-Special Forces soldier, okay. UKSF, um, and he's big on the TV in Australia, New Zealand, and England. He does SAS, are you tough enough? Or SAS Tuesdays, where they put civilian candidates through a very small part of UKSF training. Okay. Um, and he's done other shows as well. He's got another big show coming out. Look about he is amazing. Okay. Um, so he left the special forces with a drinking problem and went to jail for punching two coppers, I do believe, in a pub fight. Um, and he'd gone from the top of his game, so like way, dare I say it, way better than Navy SEALs, which okay. is pretty much in Green Berets, your top, um, to being in prison with a family. Um, and he got himself out of it with mindset. Now he's now he's a big celebrity. I went to see him in Auckland recently, at the top of the North Island, New Zealand, which was which was a phenomenal experience. But I picked up his first book, um, First Man In, and I started reading. And I was like, okay, right. I think I think I think I found what I need. And mm-hmm. I read his four books in record time. I actually go to my happy place first, just to let you know. I have a happy place, and I think that's really important. Mine is, I live in a very small town in a village on the edge of that town, um, just above Wellington in New Zealand. And I go to the river and read, and I go to the beach and read for hours. And then I have naps as well. That's my other thing. I have car naps and just listen to the native birds. So that's my happy thing. That sounds awesome. Oh, mate, I'm off there today. Oh, pumped. I'll read for three hours and then I'll have a tomorrow nap. So, yeah. But his books on mindset, his story of what he's doing. So first one is about his time in Afghanistan. Second one was about him climbing Everest. Um, And it's all like the mistakes he's made, but the mindset that he employs to have a phenomenal life and grow his career. Um, And then at the end of every chapter is lessons. Um, And I go back to these books all the time. Um, but that's where it came from. And then I read Ollie Ollerton's book. I'm so into just everything mindset. I listen to Tony Robbins' podcasts all the time. Um, for everybody, anybody that doesn't know, the guy that coined the, the phrase life coach um, and the biggest coach in the world. I then went from doing books. I went, oh, I've always liked helping people. Um, even though I couldn't help myself, I was always helping others. Like, looking in on their situations and going, oh, you could do this or do that, change the other, and, yeah, it'll all work out for you. Look at myself. No, I couldn't do that. <laughs> um, so I went, oh, I just came across something about life coaching online and went, oh, okay, this could be me. So I've done one, I've done 800 hours on one life coaching course, which is general life coaching. Um, and next I'm doing mindset coaching. Um, which is an intensive course in Wellington. And then after speaking, I mean, I'm already qualified, but the mindset thing, as I told you, is like, so me. Right. Um, I've been talking to Sober Ash, who you'll probably know from Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and she's been encouraging me to be a recovery coach. And I was like flirting with the idea, but wasn't sure. Uh-huh. But then listening to Cy Blackman and Tony Robinson a lot recently, to Cy Blackman, another big English coach, um, when they put together what you need for your niche, 
I fit, I won't go into it, but I fit all of that. So I got the experience as an addict, et cetera, et cetera. And I'm like, yeah, okay, I might have to do this. Mm-hmm. It might be a vocation rather than something I'd mm-hmm. pick. Like mindset coaching is something I would just pick, but that could become part of recovery coaching. Right? Absolutely. So I think that might be the way forward. And I've already looked up recovery coaching courses in England, certified um, yeah. recovery coaching in England. Sort of because the Instagram thing was just to give back. Yeah. Um, sober Paul Harris. I came across um, English guy. He's awesome. If you don't already follow him, Sober Paul was the one that inspired me. He's got seven thousand two hundred followers, I think. Oh wow! Um, okay. He posts and he posts. I have not come across anybody that posts like Sober Paul, and is so. I mean, like daily lives and stuff. He is so 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 into sobriety it's phenomenal and i just came across him on my personal Instagram page yeah and i was like oh there's a sober community why did i not know about this like three years ago i didn't even have instagram three years ago i was like oh and then realized how big it was i was like oh maybe i'll you know could help or get a couple of hundred followers and share some advice and whatever and now i'm on one thousand i know one over one thousand with heaps of people who keep asking me stuff. So that's incredible. Cool. And it's like, that is your sign right there that you are in the right place. Like everything yeah. is like lining up for you. It does. It does feel like the start, that spirit, spirituality and yeah. the stars are aligning. And that, like yeah. I said, I wouldn't have picked recovery coaching. So um, I've, I've mentored a few people. And it's really hard work, um, except for one person. And I'll give a shout out to Emma, um, who's been amazing, is doing incredible. She's Her handle is I Can Do The Thing. And I, she knows I'll say that, so that's cool. And she's doing incredible. But I have found it quite personal when people don't take advice or they yeah. um, or they lapse or whatever. And it's, I've taken that quite personally. But with coaching per se, again, these big coaches always say don't coach for free. Don't do low ticket customers. Like there's a formula behind it. Um, if I mean, like, in theory, if somebody's going to pay you however much to be coached, they're really, really, really committed to being there. And they're giving sure. you a, several thousand dollars. And that means they're probably 100 million percent in. Whereas where if it's somebody who it's free online, et cetera, then e so I think it'll be a different structure. So that's how I've kind of got my head around it. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't mean I'm not gonna keep on helping people on Instagram by either posting or if somebody asks something, I'm gonna tell them. Right. But yeah, it is kind of a vocation. It's a giving back thing, I think, right? It definitely is. I mean, that's how I feel about doing the podcast and my blog. It's just a way for me to give back now that I'm sober. Like that's all I want because I feel like like you can't even put a value on the community on Instagram. Like there's no monetary value you can put on that. And I know you can agree because we're kind of like in the same circle. There's like this tight niche group of us right now that are just so connected and yeah, 
we're so supportive of each other. And, and every, I mean, it is. Everybody's there because of one thing. Yes. And that's alcohol or drugs. It's addiction. Yeah. So, Please. like, everybody I, knows everybody else is, you know, might all have been at different levels. Right. But we're all there because we've been addicts, which is just so intensely cool. It you is. know, for something awful, it's actually very cool. It's very cool. But I want to ask you, how long have you been on Instagram? Four months, maybe. Four months. Okay. Wow. Yeah. So how did you, so you, okay, you, you, you went to hospital. I'm kind of backing up in your story here a little bit. Okay. So you went, you went to the hospital because you've been yeah. sober for three years. What did you do? Were you AA? Did you ha- hire a therapist? Like, what did you do for the last three years until four months ago when you came on the scene with the rest of us. I'm not going to AA bash. I'm not. It wasn't for me. I've been there multiple times in the past. Okay. I'll just leave it. It is okay. not for me. Okay. Yep. Fair enough. I've said a few things online about it, but people do what people do. And if that's yeah. their jam, that's their jam. It helps. Sure. It's great. Um, I did nothing. I did my own thing. Okay. I had no support groups. Nothing. I read books mm-hmm. and I read more books and I read books. And now I've got a library and I changed my mindset through reading and learning other people's stories. No, none of them were anything to do with alcohol. It's all mindset based, a lot of the mm-hmm. military. Um, and I applied a high level of resilience and I didn't give myself an excuse. So I I'm quite, I mean, some people don't like my opinions. And I, one of my famous taglines is if you don't give yourself an excuse, you can't possibly fail. Because drinking is a choice. This is another one that few people don't like. It is a choice. Even as an alcoholic, you choose to have that beverage. If For it not to be a choice would be for somebody to put a gun to your head and say, drink that. As long as you are putting it in your, in, without that on your own, it's a choice. It's a very difficult one because you're an addict but it's still a choice. You've got to choose not to do it. So you, you need to know your why very strongly. Why am I stopping? And that why needs to be a reason for you, not for your family or your kids or your cousins or your grandmother or your friends, because I gave up hundreds of times in the past, gave up an in inverted commas um, for partners. And I was always like, or family, and I was always like in my head going, okay, well, they wanted me to take two months off, so I'll do that, and then I can go back to it. Or, okay, I'll do it to the partner, and then I've got my secret stash of vodka in 16 different places in the in the, in the garden. Um, but it's got to be for you. Everybody else is a byproduct, so you give up for you, but your kids and your husband, your partner, etc., will benefit from it. And then you've got to apply resilience and not give yourself an excuse. Um, and resilience is not something addicts have. And it, again, it sounds easy, but it actually is easy. Giving up anything is hard, but it's not complicated. And if you try and overcomplicate it, it gets overwhelming. There's just a few things. Your why, your resilience, your mindset is huge. Um, and then dig in. I mean, when you get cravings, when I got cravings in the early days, and I don't get cravings anymore and haven't for a long time, I just, 
I didn't know it was a, a basic form of CB, CBD, C, no, CBT, CBD oil. Um, <laughs> but <clears throat> you get a, you get a, I had a phrase, I don't know what it was. It's something like, I don't drink, I don't need drink, something like that. And I repeated it hundreds, if not thousands of times without stopping through that entire frame. So I literally blocked out every other thought, nothing, white noise. And I got to the end of it. And it could have been, I like Tonka toys. Or I watch MTV on weekends. I I don't think it actually matters what the phrase was. It's just the fact you're just repeating something over and over again really fast until the craving's gone. So you're not worrying about the craving. Because as soon as you start worrying about the craving, then you get into your own head. And then before you know it, you could well be caving and having that drink, right? Right. I was blocking that out. So that, again, was a big one for me. But it was only about four or five things that I was doing um, and not giving myself an excuse mm-hmm. and saying, no, you're not going back to that. You've always given up before. On giving up, you're not. Mm-hmm. That life was shit. This life will be great. Let's do it. Yeah. And I've done it. Yeah. And along the way, I've got bipolar one. I was, I was diagnosed with bipolar one disorder about the same time as my drinking it reached new levels um, 18 years ago. I've always, I'll backtrack, so I've always had a bad relationship with alcohol. I first got drunk between eight and nine at a, at a wedding mm. where we were supposed to be, the kids were supposed to be serving champagne, and we were, but we were also sticking bottles <laughs> out under the tent, like whole bottles. And then we ended up really trashed. I think we ended up in the booze cabinet of the house we're at, drinking Krabby's ginger wine and man. But I loved it. I mean, I absolutely loved drunk today. And from that there onwards, anything I could do to get more alcohol was great. You know, you know pop in the spirits cupboard at home and just have a quick swig of such and such. And I was really badly bullied, like horrifically, and mm-hmm. ended up being bullied by a very sadistic bully. Um, which involved sexual abuse as well as physical and mental. Um, so I had a fair amount going on. Um, I was also diagnosed with ADHD, chronic ADHD, two and a half years ago. Um, so that, again, said a lot about what went on when I was young. Um, and if these things, we'd known about various things earlier, my life could have been different. But, hey, look, I had all this going on, I think, I was self-medicating yep. to, a, to, a, to a great degree, right? But yeah. I didn't allow myself. I, my meds are great. Now I take, oh, my God, like literally a huge handful of medication. But And I wasn't very medication compliant years ago as well. It was another thing. Like to people who've got whatever and don't like your meds, trust me, get off the drink, get off the drugs, take the meds, boom. Fab life, incredible. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I just did it. I dug in or dug out blind, as they said in World War I, and I got on and did it. No excuses, lots of resilience, phrase in my head, knew my goals, what I wanted, and everything else has followed. Then the reading, the life coaching, then offers on Instagram or building the Instagram account. Um, I've been asked to help but collaborate on a business idea in America. I'm on several podcasts. Things just keep happening. 
I was asked to write a blog post, which is on my grid before my before and after photo with my story, um, which is quite interesting. It was a bit gut wrenching to write. I'm uh, sure because I don't I don't think about my past now. Right, I'm not obsessed with my past, and again, I've come across people from AA and stuff. But oh, I'll go back to that. So I don't count days. I haven't counted days for a very long time. I went from counting days to counting weeks, from weeks to months, from months to years. And this came because of life coaching. And what I wanted to do was put the past behind me to the past where it belongs. So AA and other groups, and anybody can correct me if I'm wrong, but from what I remember and what I know is you'll be counting days forever. It's always one day at a time forever. I mean, there's people I've seen on 10 and 18 years, one day at a time. But what that's doing is keeping you attached to the past. And you are always going to be attached to what was, which is the addiction to what, in my mind, strongly, you need to put behind you. Mm -hmm. So I know I've just passed three years because it's very hard to forget years. But I couldn't tell you how many days I am at any time of the year. Um, and I also remember September the 23rd because I hate um, odd numbers, really. I think I'm slight autism. I really hate odd numbers. And I hate three and seven more than anything in life. So Ooh. September the 23rd, I'm like, oh, my God, could you not have given up on the 24th? But it just happened to be, <laughs> just happened to be when I went to hospital. Um, but, yeah, leaving it behind you. So I don't think about it outside of Instagram. I don't ever think about it unless I'm deliberately talking to someone mm -hmm. about my backstory because I have no problem. I've Again, people sort of like, I can't talk about it. How they ask me, like, how do you approach people who say, oh, you know, why aren't you drinking, etc.? Well, I'm very honest and, and I don't mind saying, I'm just like, oh, it's a horrible alcoholic. You would have fucking hated me. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I'm really open and honest about it. Not everybody wants to be in those ways around that, but I am, I am very much so. But otherwise, I don't think about what was. I live in the now and I live in the future. Um, and some again, this one day at a time thing. If you're going one month at a time, six months at a time, year at a time, you're looking at the future, and coaching is all about the future. Mm -hmm. And where am I going to be in six months, a year, five years? It's like a business plan for life, right? right? And that's why I don't live in the past. I mean, I've got some crazy stories I like to, you know, sitting with friends and stuff, and like I have so. Oh, my dad's asked me to write a book. I'm not sure about it. He's a writer and editor. Um, I wanted to write a really nice fantasy, like Harry Potter type book. And he's like, no, that's a stupid idea. Sorry, dad. <laughs> um, that's a stupid idea. He said, write, write your history. Um, and if not, I might write mindset books in time and sort of life coach yourself through addiction with a bit of my story. Mm -hmm. But there's so many awful bits of my story and embarrassing bits like the amount of fighting that I did um and oh just I'm gonna stop there it was there was a lot of bad yeah and I don't really want to be reliving that all of the time because that's what was not what is mm -hmm. and what is is now is important and what's coming up is super important mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. is a podcast next year possible mm -hmm. book starting a coaching business 
moving countries back to England. Um, there's so much good stuff coming up. So yeah. for me, it's a now and the future, which yeah. are really exciting. Yeah. You have to let go of all that old stuff to make room. So you can make room for all of this new stuff that you have coming. And I think that's why, here's how I feel. I'm really into like manifesting. Okay. Even when I was a drinker, I was, I was into manifesting. Okay. So, so you were manifesting when you were drinking and then you're still manifesting now. Do you notice? I've noticed that. I was post drinking after I read the secret. I wasn't when I was drinking. Oh, okay. Now I am. I was really into like spirituality, even while I was a drinker, I kind of did things reverse. But anyway, when I was manifesting as a drinker, my manifestations would, would come about. But now that I've gotten rid of that negative mm. entity, which is alcohol, yeah. my manifestations are like, boom, 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 boom. Like if wow. I manifest something, I better really be ready for it because it happens. And that's like what you're just talking Thanks. about is exactly right. what I'm talking about. You have to let go of the negative energy so that there's room for all the things that you want in life. Because if you yeah. keep holding on to that, there's no room because we're all energy. Everything's energy. And you got to have room for the good stuff. My ex was very spiritual. She was also um, a, a, a psychic medium. I mean, she would talk to people in supermarkets and say, oh, by the way, I've got somebody here and you just watch them go white and she would reel off like, I've got a message for your grandmother here and blah, blah, blah. And like, I'm, I've always been spiritual in that sense. I've lived in a lot of haunted houses, um, ghost hunting um, thing coming up next year as well in England. But so I'm totally into that. But she was really amazing at just no information. Here is information. Incredible. Um, but she was trying to get me to read the secret while I was drinking or giving up drinking for her. And I was like, don't want to read the secret. Load of bollocks, not interested, stupid. Um, and then I decided to read the secret. <laughs> As part of my book reading, I decided to read the secret. And I was like, mm, it's pretty stupid, but well, well, why not? I'm throwing, you know, I'm, I'm coming up with new ideas. And oh, my God incredible right i like so i started manifesting and wanting things to come up and part of what's now happening is what i've been manifesting one big one at the moment is on my phone mm-hmm. is the narrow boat little canal boats in england okay which i, which I want i want a narrow boat i want to really want to buy a narrow boat live on the narrow boat with a maritime internet collection connection work on it and there's two and a half thousand miles of connected canals in the uk so england wales scotland you can just constantly cruise and pull up and stay in little villages oh so that's what i want that's what i'm really interested i've gone to the point of having it on my phone i used to have a picture of our prime minister jacinda ardern on my phone because i love the positivity people like why that's just creepy and i'm like no, it isn't, because as soon as I open my phone, I'm like, oh, my God, positive vibes. Like, I love Jacinda Ardern, but now, no, she's had to go because it's all about the narrow boat. And that's, I know I'm going to get it. You are. 100%. Yep. You've read The Secret, I presume? 
I haven't, I haven't really read it. I have watched some like YouTube stuff on it. I've, I've had it explained to me in detail, but I've never actually read, oh. read it, but yeah. I know the concept for sure. Jump on Amazon. Jump on Amazon. It's, it, but what I loved about it, it's, it's not, it's compiled by Rhonda Byrne. It's not written by her. It's written by the world's best life coaches, spiritual leaders. Mm-hmm. There's about 18 or 20 different people who compiled the secrets. Oh, she okay. just brought them all together and interviewed them over a few years and then put it all in a beautiful book. It's so worth reading. Right. I just thought it was going to be her spouting on her. That's why I read it. Um, but this is, oh, I, I, I dunk into it constantly. Because it's it's in chapters of various different chapters, but I'm like, oh my god, what was that? Ooh, ooh, ooh! I need to re look at that. It's it's. I jump into it more than any other book, okay. and it's a beautiful book to read, like visually. But oh, I I highly recommend it to anyone after ten years of not reading, it. of avoiding it. <laughs> yeah, that's me, very stubborn, and I would, especially as an addict. You didn't get any more stubborn. But I was like, nah, nah, mm-hmm. nah. And look at you and now. I'm yes to everything. Somebody's like, oh, you have to consider this or that. But yeah, okay, I'll consider it. Right? Right. Yeah, look at you now. Next thing is to lose weight, which is really hard on bipolar medication. Oh. But that's my next big thing is to lose a shed load of weight, which mm-hmm. is possible. Yeah. Are you going to implement fitness, diet? Yeah. What are you? So I'm doing? moving to the new forest where I grew up as a child. Okay. Um, it's about two hours from my parents. It was William the Conqueror's hunting ground. There's a historical nugget for you, but it's stunningly beautiful. Where I live now, um, I feel a bit stuck. It's really nice, but it's on a road to nowhere. I'm always in the same place, which is a big part of the reason why I want to move away. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go left, you can go to Wellington, which is the capital city, 40 minutes down the road, but that's it. Then it's sea, and you have to get a ferry. And if you go right, it's nothing for hours, pretty much. Mm-hmm. So you're always in this tiny little area, and I've got a real mental block about doing much. And it sounds daft, and I should just fight through it. But... I'm really excited about walking and hiking in the new forest with my best friend, Amanda, of what, 43 years? We knew each other before my mum married my dad, who was our headmaster. Hey, dad. Um, (laughs) They've been together 40 years. So I've known Amanda 43 years. But it's such an amazing place. And I'll be right on the edge of the new forest to go walking um, and go to the gym and stuff. But yeah, at the moment, I'm just, I've got a lot going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm doing a lot of work and stuff outside of that. But next year, I'll just be free. I'm going to take 12 weeks to do whatever I want. Like, we're going narrow boating. I'm going to go to Germany, Austria, and Poland on a trip. Um, I'm just going to do whatever. Go and yeah. see my parents quite a bit. Um, just going to freestyle whilst, whilst coming up with my coaching business concept and doing some more training. Yeah. But, yeah, next year, next year. And you always hear that, right? Oh, tomorrow I'll do, tomorrow I'll do. No, it is. It's a promise to myself. I really will. Um, but my body is very broken um, from doing really dumb stuff. Um, like we, we, when I was drunk, 
So we reenacted, it's it Bill and Ted's, no, Wayne's World, when he's surfing on top of the camper van. And he was, they, were, they were driving along and he was, yeah, I did that. My mate stuck his foot in the brakes for a cat and I flew off onto the road, for instance. Skateboarding off a flat roof onto a wallpapering table with boxes underneath because it was, we thought that would be enough. Yeah. So that list of, that's a book right there of like yeah. <laughs> thousand and one things that I did which were fucking dumb. Right. Um, and my body is so broken because of it. So I, I'm very physical at the moment doing what I'm doing, which means outside of that, it's really difficult, but I'm not getting the cardio and the steps that I need to lose weight. Yeah. Um, so that's next year's plan. It will yeah. happen because yeah. I said it will. And yes. I commit, right? Yeah, you do. Well, if you need any tips or advice on that, I am really into fitness and I've got some really cool people in my corner as far oh, as fitness goes. Oh. So you let me yeah. know. You let me know when you're ready. Oh, I'd love to have another conversation after this at some point. Like, mm -hmm. That would be that would be awesome. Yeah. Whereabouts? I mean, this is a totally personal question. Whereabouts does that amazing accent come from? I really? mid. I'm I'm from the Midwest, born and Midwest. raised. Yep. Okay. I wasn't going to guess. There's a lot of ladies with really strong accents okay. on Instagram. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the American ladies that I follow on Instagram have got really strong accents. But I'm never sure whether it's Southern or Midwest, so I don't guess. Never guess because you're always wrong. Yeah, there's so many here in the United States, and I feel mine is the most boring. I don't feel oh, no, not at all. <laughs> I don't feel like I have, but you know, everyone thinks that they don't have an accent. They think everyone else is the one who has the accent. Me and my daughter talk about it all the time, so it's kind of funny. <laughs> like, wait, they think I have an accent? No, they have the accent. So it's just kind See, of funny. In New Zealand, there's just one accent, Kiwi, and it mm -hmm. might be stronger or less strong depending on where people live but it's just kiwi whereas in england as i'm sure you know i mean like every county has a different accent with like liverpool's near manchester and they're completely different you've got irish welsh scottish everybody's different but here it's just kiwi <laughs> kiwi yeah and then my friends are like oh you sound so kiwi and i'm like really wake up oh my god i don't as British as they come. Wash your ears out. <laughs> They're like, it's wearing off on you. You need to get back yeah. over here. <laughs> so another thing before we wrap up as well is, um, yes. if you want to do the mindset thing, people, um, get, jump into Ant Middleton's books, Ollie Ollerton, lots and lots. There's so many books just on mindset, but a lot of the ex-Special Forces military guys, because of what they did, um, are really good. Get all over the Instagram mindset stuff, um, audio books, YouTube, podcasts, mindset, mindset, mindset. Tony Robbins, huge. Jump on his podcast. The guy speaks for 14 hours, five days straight at his seminars. I mean, I'm worn out after an hour of Tony Robbins. Sure. Like, the guy is so pumped. But, like, I wake up in the mornings. I often get really traumatic um, dreams and nightmares. 
But I wake up in the morning and in bed, this is something I came up with, to have a positive day because I want a positive day, right? Mm -hmm. It has to be positive. Um, I wake up and as soon as my eyes are open, I'm whooping, fist pumping. Lucky I don't have a partner. She would either have a black eye or divorce me. You're like, what the? Are you serious? What are you doing, man? But I am like, it's again almost manifesting. I am like, this day is going to be like, Rich, come on! Yeah, so by the time my feet hit the floor, I am literally buzzing. Heck yeah. Buzzing. And it's a really good way for people like, again, if you get cravings, like, bullshit your way out of them. Yep. Get into some exercise, saving the anxiety. Do a high-intensity workout for 10 minutes. Stick at the thing on on YouTube, high-intensity workout or training on your TV and get into it and watch yep. it change. Like, the anxiety mm -hmm. or mental work made away the, the the cravings have gone yeah. um but yeah that's how if i want if i'm not if i'm feeling a bit blue i'm just like i just start like bullshitting my own mind mm -hmm. that i'm actually not blue at all and before you know it i'm not i'm pumped mm -hmm. people are like how come you're so bummed i'm like because i make myself pumped mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. that's why i can't wait to actually be coaching because it'll be like tony robbins i'm coming for you ah <laughs> You heard it here first. <laughs> heard it here it first. Hopefully, Mike will be to go to James. <laughs> James is coming for you. Watch yeah. out. <laughs> well, what I want you to do, though, so I don't forget, because I want to, okay. I want to say that I want you to send me all these books that you were just talking about. Yes. Mindset starter pack. I want you to send me them and I will put them in the show notes of this, of the show so that people can go and so cool. I yeah. will. There's, there's quite a few of them. Kate, you had, I think, was it Kate you had yes. the other day? Yes. Who I love following. She I love her. The queen of reels. The queen of reels. Oh, she is so good. I'd already been following her for a few months, but Kate, you're a bloody legend. She Absolutely is. Love Kate. Superb. And what she's doing. For the community, mm -hmm. outstanding work. Sober Ash as well. There's so many sober Paul, sober day. Wow. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to go to his Christmas party next year. But there's so many people yourself. Oh my God, I'm not getting you. There's so many people doing such incredible things yeah. and peer supporting others. And those that are now being supported will go on to be supporters yeah. and cheerleaders if you like um what an amazing place to be and yeah i'm i'm humbled i mean i've got my thousand now i need a two thousand and it's not an ego thing obviously it's the more people you've got the more people you can touch exactly um, and eventually you know i'll bet it with with um, recovery coaching i'll better share a lot more technical stuff as well but at the moment it's just about my mindset positivity and and that grit and determination mm -hmm. um, that you need to succeed, positively frame everything, those are your five things. And if I can do it from 230 to 300 units a week, literally anybody can, because mm -hmm. I was probably top 1%. And that's not a proud thing, but I was top 1% of, of addiction addicts. So, yeah. Yeah. We're here Incredible. for you guys. We're, we're yes. all here for you. So just reach Absolutely. Out. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, I just really want everyone to know what 
a great community it is and how open we are to discussing anything like nothing's off the table we've been yeah. through a lot we're all very raw yeah. we're all very empathetic and yeah don't ever be scared to reach out to any of us the, the other thing is pakes i'm not judgy i can be quite blunt but i don't think there's fairies and unicorns help anybody um everybody's got their own style Mm -hmm. and mine's not rude but it's blunt it's like mm -hmm. okay so you did so and so now it's time to get back into it right. like not make the excuses right do it now yep. rather than oh it's okay because you know there's a unicorn on its way to the through the land of narnia and <laughs> what yeah really that's not i knew you'd love that i <laughs> i didn't practice that just for you um, oh my god! But that's not helping anyone. You no. know, stroking their hair, maybe during an anxiety attack. Yeah, but it's not. These are the facts. Just come on, get yourself together, stand up, brush mm -hmm. yourself down, and get on with it. And that mm -hmm. that very much comes from my parents. And I didn't believe in that while I was an addict. Now I definitely do. Thanks, mm -hmm. mum and dad. You know, mm -hmm. it's great, great values they instilled in me. Um, and you just need to get on with it, you know, yeah. today's the day, not tomorrow. Right. Drinking is no longer an option. It's not. I love that. It's not yep. an option. That's what it's I tell myself all the time. It's absolutely not, it's an, not option. an option. So what else are you going to do to solve the problem? Cause that is not oh. an option anymore. No, we wanted to touch on recovered and why yes. I believe that recovered's a thing. And I've read yes. a couple of studies, Harvard have done one. Um, on people becoming recovered they say generally around five years I say as long as you're putting the past in the past as we talked about earlier mm -hmm. and you're not getting cravings and it's not an issue um, there should be no time limit really that could be a year two years five years ten years but if you follow all those things that we've talked about and you're like okay I can be around it's not an issue I can go to a pub it's not an issue I'm good at a party it's not an issue I don't crave it there is no there is no going back ever well that's recovered right right and that sums it up in a minute yeah I'm not a recovering addict i was right. an addict now i'm not an addict i'm james that chooses not to do dumb shit which is my <laughs> that's my my tagline yeah so right. that, that's it you can be recovered don't be told by any organization that you can't become recovered because you can you easily can I 100% I agree. And I think I'm, I think I'm there. Um, I love that. That's why I wanted to get in there before the end. Because yeah. we have talked about this. I think I'm there because one, I don't, I don't feel the need to keep an eye on my day count anymore. It's good. Let it go. And yeah, yeah. I don't have cravings. And when things come up now, alcohol is not the first thing. Like I said, it's not an option. It's not the first thing that comes to mind now in a situation that would have like made me want to have a drink comes up. I have other things that I do, just automatically do. And like there's no thinking back anymore. To mindset. This is mindset. Mm -hmm. Once you're recovered, you can never go back because you're recovered. Mm -hmm. Right. So you know you'll never be an addict again because you're recovered addict. Right. Recovering, right. you can slip, right? Right. Recovered, yeah. there's no slipping because you're recovered. Right. Mindset. Frame it positively. Yeah. And I, I think that's amazing. And go you. That's Thank incredible. You. And if you feel ready to let that day, day count go, or you have 
brilliant. Like I said, let it go. Past is the past, mm -hmm. now and the future. You're yeah. amazing. I I really appreciate you. And you are amazing. I am thanks so, so much. Opportunity. Yeah. I'm, oh, could do this all day, but we'll do it again. And I'm sure we'll chat soon. Thank you, oh, James. Amazing. It was great. Yeah. All right. Speak to you soon. soon. Okay. Thanks ever so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you for taking the time to listen to me today. Remember, I am just a woman on a mission to normalize sobriety and living a sober lifestyle. I am not a licensed therapist or a doctor. Please, if alcohol is causing serious physical or mental health issues, seek professional help. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. Be sure to follow so you don't miss future episodes. And just so you know, leaving a five-star review will help this podcast reach more people like you and in the sober community. It's an easy way to do your part in normalizing a sober lifestyle. Because I truly believe that nobody should feel alone in sobriety. And that being said, feel free to reach out to me or anyone on the sober Instagram community. Check out my show notes for my Instagram handle at thisisstephsober. My DMs are always open.